It's time for Game On Hockey with Travis Dunn and Scott Taylor on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. Near side, Reese Gaber shoots, scores! Talking all things from the blue line to the red line. A breakaway for Kaprizov. He's in. He shoots, he scores! And beyond. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah. yeah. Now here are your hosts, Travis Dunn and Scott Taylor. Uh, from the Nillis Law Firm studio and broadcasting on the mighty 790 KFJO and 104.7 Hope. We do appreciate you tuning in. I hope it's a destination tune in each and every week. Every Thursday at 5.30 leading into NFL football on the mighty 790 KFJO as the NFL season plows along. We're now, well, we're well into November it seems. And uh, yeah, I hope wherever you're going it's safe. Uh, we'll give you some updates if Polly sees anything weather-wise, uh, traffic-wise, it needs to be updated. We'll make sure to share those with you as well. We hope you get there safe wherever you are going. Roads are getting a little slick, but uh, that just means it's more hockey season. I might put the skates in the back of the car and start skating down the streets here if things keep going the way it's going. But uh, from the Nellis Law Firm studio, we do appreciate you joining us each and every week. I'm Travis Dunn, along with my co-host, Scott Taylor, who just joined me. He's down in Florida. He'll be rubbing it in. He's dealing with a hurricane probably, though. But the first thing I want to do is this, is always to thank the sponsors that make this show possible. Without them, we don't do this. The Nellis Law Firm, the Golf Center in Grand Forks, Ralph Engelstead Arena and the Sioux Shop. And the Sioux Shop's in the Ralph Engelstead Arena. Uh, you know where the rink is. You know where the Sioux Shop is. Dave Noah, Remax Legacy Realty. Jarrell's Hockey World. And, of course, Pilot Mound Hockey Academy in Pilot Mound, Manitoba. We do appreciate them sponsoring this show each and every week because uh, without them, this show does not happen. So, uh, again, very much appreciated. And with that, I open the gate and I say, Hi, Scott. How's it in Florida right now? Um, well, I think the, I think the trouble is over. Um, we're no longer in a in much of a concern about uh, hurricanes. It's rainy and not very pleasant, and we just got in from dinner, and it was rainy and not very pleasant. <laughs> but hopefully tomorrow will be better. Well, it's as you know, it was. A little, uh, I'll tell you what, yeah. it beats being minus nine. Yeah. Uh, minus nine, by the way, folks, is Celsius, so don't freak out. That's not uh, that's not not Fahrenheit <laughs> temperature down here. It's cold nonetheless, but it's snowing now in Fargo. We we avoided the ice, unfortunately, out west, Jamestown Valley City and south. They got hammered with some uh, moisture, way too much ice, and now the snow's on top of it. The snow here is not going to be amounting to a ton, but still be safe out there. But hey, you know, Scott, it's November, it's hockey season, and we're fortunate enough to be able to do this each week, and Boy, oh boy, tell you what, talk about stuff to talk about. Uh, uh, you know, this Kirill Kaprizov, uh, our, our guest, said, by the way, our guest this week will be Gordy Tumbleson from the Pilot Mount Hockey Academy, a former goaltender. We'll talk to him about goaltending and the psyche of goaltending. We'll also have another former goaltender. His name is Kevin Gorg. Uh, Kevin Gorg from Bally Sports North will be joining, with, uh, joining us. We'll talk, well, probably some horse racing, as you two guys like horse racing, but hockey, of course, is the main focus. But this guy named Kirill Kaprizov is, is kind of the real deal, isn't he? Oh, he's absolutely the real deal. But, of course, all the talk is around fines and suspensions and match penalties and all the rest of that. Right. And I've looked at that thing three dozen times. Yeah, maybe it's a major. I might, I might call a major, but the more I look at it, the more I see that take place on every stoppage of play in front of the net in the national hockey. Mm -hmm. There is more cross-checking on the neck in the NHL than there ever has been in, in the league's history. It's every time somebody gets in front of the net or tries to look for a rebound or tries to get position in front of the net, they get cross-checked in the head. And it's never called. Never, ever, ever is it called. 
And it's not even called after the two cross checks from two guys, then two slashes from two guys, then two gloves to the face from two guys, and they get separated and they say, oh, yeah, go, go have a face-off. And then Kaprizov finally has enough of Doughty shenanigans, takes a shot at him, and gets a match. The National Hockey League has an officiating problem, and the officiating problem to me is exactly the same way that Frank Zappa talked about the United States of America. Of course, you all remember the great rocker Frank Zappa, who said, the United States is a nation of laws, badly written and randomly enforced. The National Hockey League is a league of rules, badly written and randomly enforced. Go to a hockey game, you'll see a couple of chintzy penalties in the first period, and then it'll be nothing in the second and murder in the third and nothing. And it just, after a while, you just look at it and go, what's the rule? What's not the rule? But cross-checking, which is in the rule book, is never called if it takes place in front of the net and somebody's looking for a rebound. And I just, I've lost my understanding of the way the NHL is called. I I don't think they referee games anymore. They manage them. Yeah, You'll see at the end of most games, one team has four power plays and the other team has three or three and two or three and three. No matter what one team does to the other team, the penalties are about the same. And so my feeling about the Kaprizov match penalty is that it was absurd and it happens all the time and will happen tonight in every game in the NHL. Yeah, absolutely, it will. And, and do you think it goes back? By the way, that's the voice of Scott Taylor. You're listening to Game on Hockey on the Mighty 790 KFGO. Uh, you know, when you talk about when you talk about the days gone by, you you know, Gretzky had his protectors. Uh, Kaprizov doesn't really have a protector per se, right? So he has to stand up for well, himself. Because, because yeah, that that's over. Remember, they got rid of all that. Right, they did. Yeah, There's, exactly. They're not Zen and Kanopka and and Colt Nor and Bob Probert, Dave Semenko, and, and all of the, Dave Semenko, all of those guys who were there to fight. Jay Wells, Jimmy McKenzie, we could go on for hours talking about these guys. They don't exist anymore. Yep. You have to have guys who can push and shove and play big, but you don't have guys who wail on people anymore. I was really impressed the other night when Brendan Dillon of the Jets, who does have that streak in him, um, really got into a real good fight early in the game against the Dallas Stars, won the fight, and the Jets seemed to... I mean, I t- take a little leadership from it. And and I think what the problem is with, with Kaprizov is that there's nobody there to protect him. Correct. He's on his own. Yep. So Doughty can do whatever he wants to him and get away with it. And Kaprizov fights back and he ends up with a match penalty. I don't, I don't think it's right. I, and, and, and you're not talking to a Minnesota Wild homer here. No, you're, you're not. You're talking to a guy from Winnipeg who hopes the Minnesota Wild loses all their games <laughs> because it's better for Winnipeg in the standings. So I'm not a guy who's here to protect the, the the Minnesota Wild, but I think for the for the sake of hockey, if you call it on Kaprizov, you better start calling it in front of the net every night. Uh, just a quick update on the weather as well. Uh, the University of Denver hockey team is flying into Fargo. Apparently there's been some flights canceled into Fargo, uh, icing conditions, et cetera, and weather's not really great. The th- uh, there was an update by our good friend up north who does all the writing for the Grand Forks Herald and does a great job of it. And he said that uh, on Twitter that 
they may not get in until maybe tomorrow now. So uh, maybe some ups and downs as far as their travel itinerary for tomorrow. Hopefully the weather will be cooperating so they can get here. So University of Denver, a little bit delayed in getting in. So there'll be updates, of course, as we go along. And uh, of course, follow Twitter and you'll make sure to get all those updates as well. But you know what thing, one thing, and, and, and we have a goaltender coach that just joined us. His name is Gord Tumbleson. Played the WHA for the Winnipeg Jets. And, you know, you talk about the Winnipeg Jets this year. But before we get into the Pilot Mount Hockey situation, you know, we have Connor Hellebuck. His psyche last year compared to this year, Gord, how do goaltenders rebound in such a, a, he had a a decent year last year. He's having a phenomenal year this year. Nothing's changed. He's still the same skilled goaltender. Explain the psyche of goaltenders. It's all about the fact the team in front of them is positive. They're playing good. I'm going to go right to Shafley. Shafley's back checking. There it is. That's, that's, that's the key. And I'm, that's probably too simple, but at the end of the day, Rick bonus has done a great job of straightening the dressing room out to the point where Hallie's going, this is good. I like this all attitude, all positive. Guess what? I'm now in everything. I want to win. We can do this, blah, blah, blah. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's all in the head. (laughs) There it goes. (laughs) Um, You not only are the goaltender coach at Pilot Mount Hockey Academy, you have your own little goaltender school, which um, will will give us the the way to get a hold of you through your goaltender school. Uh, Gordy Tumelson goaltending, uh, goalies, sorry, .ca. Gordy Gordy Tumelson goalies .ca. Simple as that. And, And I get the sense in my discussions with you about your goalie school that about 70% of it is mental. Yeah, well, you know, I'll go to golf. Arnie Palmer said everybody's got to have 10%, and and that's the physical, be able to shoot and play good golf. you got to have the other 90. The guys who get closer to the 90, they're the winners. And so, yeah, it's it's all about about just understanding that it's the only thing important, playing golf, stopping the puck, keeping it out of the goal, and not getting caught up with the other stuff, whatever the other stuff is. And, And unfortunately, the team is really important to goalies. You know, we're, we're there to support the team and we hope the team is there to support us. And when that doesn't come back to us, it, it hurts and it really does hurt me because we can't win without without the other guys. It's just all there is. Whether you score one goal or 10 goals, we can't win without if you don't care. It's all about caring. That's a key word in goaltending. Goalies care. And, and if the rest of the team doesn't or hasn't got the ability to, it doesn't matter. And we know it. And that's, and that's the end of the season. So caring is important. I've always said that the, the three athletes in professional team sports that need to have the absolute shortest memories <laughs> are relief pitchers, defensive backs, and hockey goalies. When you score a touchdown over a defensive back, he can't think about that the next time the team has the ball. He has to go out and think about the job at hand. When a goalie gives up a goal... He can't think about it. And I have never met a, a goaltender like Connor Hellebuck who will lose a game five to two. And then you interview him after the game and you say, did you have your, were you, were you at your best tonight? Were, did, did you miss some of that stuff? And, and his response is always, I thought I played great tonight. I had my corners. I was challenging the shooters. I felt quick. I, I thought I was great tonight. And it's as if, he doesn't even remember that he gave up a goal because he's going to go into the next game feeling just as good. 
He's a special guy on that side. And probably the elite guys are always that way. I, I can't, you know, I, I was never an elite guy, so I don't know. But, you know, uh, I know Joe was pretty good at that in, back in the WHA and Ernie Wakeley and those guys. The number one guys have got to be able to do that because it because it, it, it drags you down when you get scored on. So, uh, and Helly has got, uh, he's got an ego. He's cocky, but it, but he backs it up with play. And, and when the other guys play with him, boy, I'll tell you what, we have a chance. We, we really have a chance as they get better better and more confidence in each other. You're listening to Game on Hockey in the Mighty 790 KF Show and 104.7 FM. Uh, the voice you hear is Gordy Tumelson, the goaltender coach at the Pilot Mount Hockey Academy. And Gordy, you know, talk about adding these new programs, the U18 boys and so on. The number of goaltenders under your responsibility at this point has grown. How much do you enjoy that? I love the kids. Uh, I love the kids. Uh, and, and we put up with the coaches. And I, I put up with the coaches and the parents. Uh, because we got to, but the kids are wonderful. It's why I go there. I drive two and a half hours once a week, about back and forth. It's blizzards and snow. You're talking about snow. Now. You know, it's all of that. <laughs> yeah. It was horrible last year, but I enjoy the kids so much. I'm going to have trouble retiring one day from this because it's the kids that drag me back there. The rest of it doesn't drag me back there, but it's the kids and I love them. And that's all what it's all about for me. Tell us about yeah, your two U, uh, U18 goaltenders that we're writing about in Game On Magazine <laughs> for the next issue. Boy, they've had a tough season, but they're great kids. They're wonderful. You know, what? Yeah, you know, and, and I, I asked them both. We were Tuesday night in, in, in Pilot Mountain. Tuesday's goalie night and goalie day and practice day for, for uh, Brian Archibald comes out and I come out and we work with all the kids. And uh, I asked all the, all eight of them, you know, so where are you at with your season? And these two guys both said, you know, we started off and, and the, 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 the game owned us at the start of the year. And then we weren't doing very good. He says right now, because of what's, what we've learned and what we know today, cause it's been hell. It hasn't been fun for them. And if you, if you take the shots on goal and the goals against hasn't been fun, he says, we now own our, our own careers and our own hockey. And we're happy with that. And boy, what great attitudes for two, two young guys. Well, I'll tell you what, that's Pilot Mountain Hockey Academy. You get great instruction. Gord Tumelson playing the WHA. Uh, you know, he's seen some of the best out there. Uh, great guidance to these young men and, uh, and young women throughout the hockey program. Gordy, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they go about doing so? Yeah, uh, Gordy Tumelson. Uh, I say Gordy at PilotMountainHockeyAcademy.com. That's as simple as it is. Gordy with an I-E. Uh, at PilotMountainHockeyAcademy.com. Well, Gord, thanks for joining us. It, it is a little stormy down here, a little more stormy up towards where you are. Uh, what, yeah. eight, 8 Celsius? Uh, the, again, people, it's not 8 below Celsius. 8 below Fahrenheit is 8 below Celsius, just to kind of keep our <laughs> American brethren from freaking out. It's not that cold quite yet. But uh, we sure appreciate jumping on board. Safe travels back and forth between the big city and Pilot Mountain, Manitoba, my friend. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate being here. Yeah, that's Thanks, Gordy. Gordy. Appreciate it. That's Gordy Tumbleson. You know what? That segment was brought to you by Nillis Law Firm, which provides legal services in more than 10 areas of practice, including business and corporate law, estate planning, wills and trusts, probate, commercial litigation, adoption services, as well as real estate. A division of Nillis Law Firm is Northern Title, which provides complete closing and escrow services, along with title insurance policies for all types of real estate transactions in North Dakota as well as Minnesota. Call Nillis Law Firm at 701-237-5544 or look them up on the World Wide Web at nillislaw.com. Well, we'll take a quick break. Uh, maybe come back with a weather report. Maybe we'll talk about Denver hockey maybe getting here. Hopefully they will do so. But we will have Kevin Gorg, Bally Sports North, be joining us after the break. You're listening to Game on Hockey with Scott Taylor and Travis Dunn and Gordy Tumelson on a two, on a Thursday afternoon leading in NFL football on the Mighty 790 KFJ and 104.7 FM. 
Yes, we do. We wish we had the power to change the weather. We don't have that kind of power. But we have electricity, which is a good thing, and some people are struggling out there right now in, in southern North Dakota. We hope that those things get taken care of shortly. Just a quick update on highway conditions. I-94 closed between Jamestown and Dickinson. If you're heading that direction, be prepared to sit in Jamestown for a while. I'm anticipating the hotels are probably all full in Jamestown as people wait. And uh, you know, again, the, the, highway, the highway department does a phenomenal job of getting those highways ready to go. And I hope they're ready for tomorrow afternoon as I head north, uh, home hockey game, University of Denver. If they get into town, hopefully they will. Hopefully we have updates to share tomorrow as I will head up that way to do a little color analysis for Tim Hennessy on the big call tomorrow evening. Denver Pioneers uh, rated number one in the country against UND 11-12. So hopefully that'll all work out. Uh, But with that, Mr. Scott has a message for all of us. Yeah, I do. You know that uh, there's no golf down here right now. No, yeah, the golf courses are closed. 1,200 plane flights out of uh, Orlando were canceled yesterday. Because of the hurricane. Because of the hurricane. Oh. Okay. It's gone. I'll be you, playing golf tomorrow. You can get tee times pretty easy now because those people didn't get down there because the flights were canceled. We didn't get down. No, neither getting down nor getting back. Well, there you go. So if you're there, you can get tee times. It's a busy place. There's a lot of people who never got home, so they're still kind of wandering around <laughs> Orlando. Golf <laughs> well, well, Grand Forks has been in the golf business for more than 35 years and received the 2021 Golf Digest prestigious Top 100 Fitters in America Award. They'll custom fit all clubs, including PXG, Titleist, Ping, and TaylorMade. And, you know, this is the best time of the year to get a fitting for new clubs. You've been playing all summer, probably played a lot in the fall, and that swing is important in order to get the best fitting for your new clubs. So if you've been playing a little bit, you should be ready to get a new set of clubs. Don't forget to Get a trade-in credit for your current set and get ready for next season now. Your new clubs will be ready to go right out of the gate in 2023. And one more thing, ping drivers are all on sale. The next generation clubs are coming out shortly, so take advantage of the great savings available today. Give Brian and the guys call, shop, shop at the Golf Center. There's no better place. 3001 South Columbia Road in Grand Forks. Call them at 701 775 0019. And I'll take this opportunity to shout out to my son, whose 29th birthday is today. Happy birthday to Gary Austin Dunn. And uh, we, you know, had a little cheesecake in Minneapolis with him on Tuesday night. So the Cheesecake Factory, little little plug there, but it was it was rich, but it was awesome. As you, That's what I love about the United States. They have a Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, they make it's like it. like you right there and just go off. I know. They just keep shoveling it and they always put a lot of of sugary stuff on top of it and whipped cream. And yeah, anyway, but uh, Kevin Gorg will be joining us here shortly, hopefully. And uh, we're waiting for him to jump on board. And, uh, you know, we talk about 37 years ago and I was asked Kevin about this very thing, Scott, Uh, 37 years ago, one of the best goaltenders ever. They think the strap on the pads uh, passed away. His name was Pelly Lindbergh, uh, Philadelphia Flyers goaltender in a car crash. And uh, boy, how 37 years has flown by. Uh, and and for 37 years, Philadelphia Flyers yeah. have desperately tried to find a goaltender that could take them as far as Pelly Lindbergh could have. Yeah, um, Lindbergh was one of the greatest goaltenders in the NHL. Young, hadn't really proven himself enough, yeah. but everybody saw a certain spark in him um, and uh, died in a tragic car accident. Uh, and, and the Flyers have never had great goaltending since. They've had good goaltending at times, but they haven't had that goalie that'll take them to the Stanley Cup championship. And we talk about this all the time. Talk about it all the time. You, you have to call it the National Hockey League playoffs because you can't call it goalie. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the reason why most of the Conn Smythe Trophy winners have been goaltenders is because goaltenders are the difference during that 
28 win marathon that you 16 win marathon over 28 days that you have to go through in the spring every year to win that Stanley cup. And if you don't have a good goaltender, you're by the wayside early. Uh, and trivia question. Do you know the goaltender that was, uh, was called up in that particular instance? I do not. His name was, well, as always a UND connection. His name was, uh, uh, Darren Jensen. Goaltender nope. UND was called up, and, and he, yeah, and he was he was the one called up to uh, uh, to take the place of Pelly Lindbergh. He remember, remember standing on the blue line for that particular game. There, it was his first NHL game. It was against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, looking at Wayne Gretzky and everybody, in Asia, and everybody else was on the, the the entire Philadelphia Flyer blue line was crying because it was an emotional night for that particular hockey team. So you know, it's uh, it's it's yeah, it's just one of those things that. Um, yeah, yeah, and Darren will have to have him on because he explains it so much better than I do. Uh, Kevin Gorg's having a hard time getting in here with the, with that uh, with that link I sent him. I just resent him the link, so he'll be on here shortly. So I'm going to just uh, send this out there as well. While well, the Sioux Shop in Ralph Engelstad Arena is bringing you this uh, this uh, segment, get ready for the upcoming hockey season. Well, it's already hockey season, but get in style at the Sioux Shop in the REA or the all-new SiouxShop.com. Great selection of jerseys, quarter zips, hoodies, and more, plus your headquarters for exclusive U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame game in Vegas, which they're probably discounting now because that game was a couple weeks ago. Also featuring UND football, basketball, volleyball, soccer, t-shirts, and more. I need to strike out that U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame thing, Scott. Uh, this weekend, well, University of Denver is in town, and uh, it is a huge rivalry weekend, obviously. Salute to Service Weekend, retired and active military ticket discount with military ID at the RAA box office. And next weekend, Friday night, Ed Belfort, one more shift. You'll be in uh, in town doing some signings of Belfort Spirits on Thursday and Friday. One more shift on Friday in the 1982 National Championship Team 40-year anniversary will be uh, will be had that particular night. And tickets at Ticketmasters are Ticketmaster $29 to take that in. Are you going to go have some fun? I Well, I get to have fun being in the press box with Tim Hennessy, and that's going to be <laughs> a lot of fun as well. So what I'm going to do is this. Uh, we'll, take a, we'll take one of our breaks. And I'm going to work on this link thing to Kevin Gorg, and we'll get Kevin Gorg in. We'll take a quick break. You are listening to Game on Hockey. This is Scott Taylor. That's, I'm Travis Dunn. Kevin Gorg will be joining us from Valley Sports North, hopefully shortly. And uh, we'll we'll carry on this hockey conversation on a snowy Thursday night in North Dakota. It ain't snowing in, in, in down in Orlando, but it's probably raining a little cold by their standards. But uh, their standards are much higher than ours. Anyway, you take care. We'll be back after this break on the Mighty 790 KFJO and 104.7 FM. And welcome back to Game on Hockey with Scott Taylor and Travis Dunn each and every Thursday night. Make sure to stay tuned. After will be some NFL football. I can't read the screen over there because it's dark. Is it Atlanta at Atlanta Carolina? At Carolina. Atlanta That's right. Carolina is 630. Got to work on the getting stronger contact lenses. Get my eyes <laughs> checked. Uh, but yes, NFL football continues. Uh, we're in November now. We're getting into the nitty gritty of the NFL season. Make sure to tune in tomorrow evening for Denver at University of North Dakota Hockey should Denver get into town. But with that, uh, well, he did get in finally. Our good friend uh, Kevin Gorg, thank you very much for joining us uh, on a, well, it's a blustery night in North Dakota. Not so blustery in Minneapolis and St. Paul, is it? Just rainy. Yeah, just kind of rainy and starting to look and feel a lot like fall. It's dark before five o'clock in the afternoon and yeah, you're right. We we are now adjusting to a, a whole new weather pattern. I hope the pioneers get in there because Denver and North Dakota is one of the best 
rivalries in college hockey. I'd hate to see any postponements up there. Yeah, they're flying in the Fargo apparently, and they're and busing up, and there's some uh, planes being canceled in the Fargo. Little icing issue. The weather here is really not as bad in Fargo as we thought it was going to be, but ice is not something you want to try to land an airplane on. I would anticipate so. But with that, you know, you go back a couple of weeks. Let Scott ask questions here in a few minutes, but uh, you go back a few weeks. University of North Dakota takes on the University of Minnesota, Minnesota Golden Gophers, and you have the pleasure of doing play-by-play. How much fun was that? It was quite a rush. You know, I've, I've done it, I think, two or three times in my life, and to have the opportunity to do it at that arena with a uh, crowd of over 10,000, uh, really kind of a 50-50 crowd, right? North Dakota uh, travels so well. The atmosphere was as expected, as good as it gets. Uh, working with Ben Clymer. It, it really was. It was a thrill. Saw some fantastic hockey. And as good as our game was on Friday, and I had to fly to Boston to work the wild game on that Saturday, I think the Saturday game might have been even better. It was fantastic college hockey. There is um, always discussion about, about rankings in college hockey, which I think is a really difficult thing to do because of the game. You were a hockey player. You know what this game is like. It is really difficult over a long season, a long season, say 30 games, for a team to go undefeated like they do in football or, or even go undefeated like they do in basketball occasionally or two or three wins in a season. But hockey teams beat each other up and the travel beats each other up and injuries beat up teams more than any other sport but football. How difficult is it to say that Denver's one and North Dakota's 12 until they see each other? It's really hard. And I, I think that example, there's some more clarity because they play in the same conference. But how about comparing North Dakota or Denver to a Minnesota State Mankato or a University of Minnesota? Because let's just be honest here. Um, I think the Big Ten's a very good college hockey conference this year, probably as good as it's been in a long time. Uh, I think that Minnesota State has a couple of other decent teams in their conference, but neither of those teams plays the schedule that North Dakota or Denver plays in the NCHC. It's the best conference in college hockey. It's the closest thing we have to the original WCHA, which I grew up on. And so how do you compare those schedules when the lesser teams in the NCHC would probably be teams that would be near the top in in a conference where Mankato plays and certainly Midler's at least, if not better, in the Big Ten. So that's where I think you have a really hard time ranking these teams. And until they play each other, you have no idea. And so to your point, I think college hockey, it's one of the most difficult things to do, and I always feel bad for those one or two teams on the bubble come tournament time that get left out with the pairwise and all that good stuff. Uh, There has never been a sport that I recall um, watching that is expanding as quickly at the Division I level than college hockey is now. Um, What is it, 66 teams now? Travis, you usually have it on the tip of your tongue. Uh, 64. 64 teams, and we're expecting that to be – 68 by 2024. One would anticipate. At least, yeah. Um, the sport's booming, and that's got to be good for the for the NHL. It's great, and I think the NHL has something to do with this. You know, you look at, I'll think of one of the biggest stars out there right now, Austin Matthews. He's from Arizona. Um, hockey can work in warmer climates. The, uh, the NHL, led by Gary Bettman in the last couple of decades, has proven that. You go down to Tampa Bay, you can't get a seat. Um, you, you go to a place like Carolina, it's like a rock concert when the hurricanes take the ice. Uh, so hockey can work in these, you know, obscure spots. Now we're seeing Arizona state make some real headway in college hockey. If it can work there, it can work anywhere. 
Uh, I'm shocked that Illinois doesn't have a team yet. I'm shocked that some of these other Big Ten football and basketball powers haven't uh, given college hockey a, a serious try. I think they will down the road. And I think it's going to be great because, you know, college hockey, all boats will rise. The more teams we get, the more kids that can play Division One college hockey, the better it is for everybody. And the more entertainment we're going to have. I mean, how much fun is it now if Arizona State becomes a relevant ranked program on a regular basis? Think of the kids that play at North Dakota or Minnesota or any of these schools that get to go out and play ASU in the desert. That would be terrific fun. Yeah, it really would be. And of well, course- as well, we've, we've heard that the ACHA teams at USC and UCLA are doing their best to pull the cash together, the required money, to be able to play D1 Big Ten hockey when Big Ten football and and basketball bring in USC and UCLA. Yeah, and these are markets that can support college hockey. I think of UCLA and that market and the baby blue sweaters and the marketing mm-hmm. around that program. Can you imagine how much fun that would be? And so it, it's hard to imagine because I think as, as hockey fans, we get kind of myopic and stuck kind of with what we know and what we've seen. Uh, but there is the potential here in the next decade for that number to swell from the mid sixties to somewhere closer to 80. And, you know, think of some of the markets that you can explore. The NHL's figured it out. They have found a way to be successful in some of these warmer climates. I think college hockey could be just the same. You're listening. That's a, the, the voice of Kevin Gorg, Bally Sports North, uh, also play-by-play. So for Minnesota Golden Gopher once in a while as well, I guess, especially against UND. Yeah, he had to get the dig in about ASU, but I know it really wasn't a dig, but uh, you know, just bringing no. up the fact, no, I'm just giving you a hard time with that one. But you are listening to Game on Hockey on the Mighty 790 KF2. Let's talk about Gary Bettman. Um, you know what? Much maligned. You know, people don't like him a lot, but look what he, you know, when you sit back and look what he's done for the game of hockey, you know, not helping obviously grow the game in the United States, but also growing in college, he's been a very successful guy, hasn't he? Easy guy to blame, right? And he gets booed every year. It's so funny. You turn the Stanley Cup on and there he is out there and they're booing him and he tries to say something nice about both teams and they keep booing him. But honestly, if you look at the way the game is growing and, you know, just the coverage, like yeah. sitting around last night, being a hockey junkie, not traveling with the wild right now because all these games are on national TV and being able to watch a doubleheader on TNT and, and see the great cast of characters they have on at intermission uh, with biz and, uh, you know, just these superstars like Wayne Gretzky would get a, a chance to hear from him, Rick Tockett. Uh, it's fantastic. You know, the game now has become, you know, something that we see on sports center on a regular basis, which we didn't for a lot of years. And so there are more eyeballs on it. It's in way more markets. Uh, the game is far more popular now. And again, it's still the fourth most popular of the four big sports out there, but the gap has closed and Gary Bettman's a big part of that. Uh, Bettman of course was hated in Winnipeg when he let the jets go. But for those people who were inside on that deal, of course, they knew that all Bettman wanted to do at the time was guarantee that the team would stay in Winnipeg. And, and the sale deal that they had concocted would have allowed somebody to sell it right after they bought it. And he wasn't going to allow them to flip it. And because of that, he had to get an owner. Now he's got an owner. You've got a great franchise here. You've got great rivalries with Nashville, Minnesota again. Um, the move from Atlanta was a smart one. That's where it wasn't going to work in, in the non-traditional market. It hadn't worked before. It didn't work the second time. And yet, Florida, I'm in Florida now, and Tampa and Florida are, uh, as Florida gets better, more people will go, and Tampa's the lightning or the the stars of the town. 
Yeah, and Gary Bettman was smart enough to bring a team back to Winnipeg because that is just way too good of a hockey market to not have an NHL team. I, I felt the same way about Minnesota. I was heartbroken when the North Stars went to Dallas, but these are places where it's a slam dunk, no-brainer. You'll have to work in other areas, and we're not going to candy-coat it. Uh, you know, the Phoenix Coyotes or the Arizona Coyotes, they keep changing names. That's a debacle right now. They shouldn't be playing in a college rink. They've got to figure that out long-term and make sure that that team is, is a, you know, a legitimate option in that market. But there are plenty of places that are begging for a hockey team. I think of Quebec city, and if they could get something up and going there, I remember those days in the eighties when the Canadians and the Nordiques would hook up, there was nothing better, uh, especially come playoff time. So there are plenty of markets that can support NHL hockey. Far more people now in the sports landscape love the game. And so, as I mentioned earlier, the more we can grow the game at the college level, the more markets we can get to with the National Hockey League and spread this thing out, the better it's going to be for the game. The pundits, well, as what yeah, you said, ahead. when it's successful in Carolina, successful in Nashville, successful in Dallas, you can put a team in a lot of places. Kansas City's got a rink. Put a team in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, there's no reason why you couldn't put a team in Portland. The Winterhawks have been superstars out there. There's lots of places to go. Yeah, and let's not sleep on the Dakotas because as we continue to watch these, you know, USHL teams thrive in South Dakota, North Dakota, um, I, I don't know why there wouldn't be a team in one of those markets, if not both. I don't understand why there isn't, frankly, because there, there is hockey everywhere, as you guys know, through the Dakotas. And I think the Midwest, there are so many kids that play the game now. Uh, you know, it, it's an obvious spot for me. And, you know, they've got to be selective. They can't just throw a bunch of teams out there and end up with a 40-team league. But if Arizona can't support a hockey team, then you move them. Uh, you you want to add a couple more? I'm okay with that. Uh, I just want to see the game grow. And and I think, you know, we, we're we very spoiled here in Minnesota where I'm talking to you guys from because mm-hmm. now that the high school season has started, you, you don't have a night during the week when there isn't hockey. I mean, it's amazing how much hockey there is in this market, but you can spread the wealth a little bit too. You know, the, this. The, by the way, you're listening to Game on Hockey on the Mighty 790 KFGO on a, on a blustery Fargo, North Dakota night, but I uh, hope you're enjoying the conversation with our guest, uh, Kevin Gorg from Valley Sports North, and of course my partner, Scott Taylor, and uh, he's covered the game for an awful long time. The pundits are saying, I was listening to the NHL Network here last week, talking about the, the potential for expansion into the European market. Have either of you heard rumors of that? Because there's so many Europeans coming over. And now, of course, now with the KHL, who knows what the the situation is going to be there moving forward. So would it be Finland? Would it be Sweden? Are those potential possibilities? No, yeah, no. I don't think so. I don't think the NHLPA is going to sign off on that type of travel. I think the NFL has explored that option as well. And I'm fine with having select games in those markets. I think it's been a tremendous success with both the NFL, which is going to play in Munich this weekend, and with the NHL, which had games earlier overseas. But I just think long-term, if you think about the logistics of trying to travel, that's going to be really tough to pull off. Well, we're going to take a quick break, uh, pay some bills. Uh, we'll come back with this conversation. We'll talk about a little St. Thomas hockey that's near and dear to our good friend Kevin Gorg's heart, uh, having coached there back in the day. And we'll talk goaltending. Pelly Lindbergh, 37 years ago, Kevin Gorg was a goaltender. Uh, I'm sure he was uh, someone who was very aware of how good Pelly Lindbergh was. When we come back, we'll we'll have that conversation. But uh, from now, we'll take a three-minute break. Go get that cup of coffee, hot chocolate, and come back and join us. You're listening to Game on Hockey on the Mighty 790 KFJO and 104.7 FM. And welcome back to the Mighty 790 KFJO and 104.7 FM. Game on Hockey, Scott Taylor, Travis Dunn, each and every Thursday. Make sure to stay tuned after for a little NFL football, Atlanta at Carolina. 
maybe in the rain in Carolina probably as well. But uh, I just saw this now, gentlemen, uh, you know, I went to a snowstorm and a hockey game broke out. I think we could do that on the street. That's where we used to do it, right? Uh, right, Kevin Gorg, right, Scott? Oh, yeah. Those, those days got snowy. You'd be out in the street playing a little knee hockey or a little ball hockey, I should say. Yeah, on snow days, that's what you did. Yeah. You went outside, you either played uh, road hockey or you went down to the rink and played shinny. It was a gift from the heavens when all that snow yeah. came. The hardest part was just shoveling so you could have enough room for the rink and let the ball or the puck move. But, no, there was nothing better when you were a kid than having that surprise day off of school and go out and play hockey all day. There was no such thing as computers where we had to do that in-home in learning. But uh, this update, I-94 is closed from Jamestown to Dickinson. Uh, at this point. So if you're heading that direction, be prepared to stay in Jamestown. I'm sure the interstate will get open probably sometime tomorrow. Uh, one thing about M- MDOT and uh, North Dakota DOT, they do an amazing job out there. So we thank those ladies and gentlemen who are out there doing that tonight, risking a few things to keep these roads safe and clear for us. And I hope it's great so I can get the Grand Forks tomorrow to call a little UND hockey. But uh, the, in the break, you gentlemen were talking about Kaprizov. So I'm going to let you guys carry on that conversation. Um, I, I came on the show, started Kevin talking about the fact that, yeah, he did what he did. And I thought the penalty was not very good. Um, because that kind of thing happens and every scrum in front of a net five times a night in the NHL, somebody's taking a cross check in the back of the head and yeah, he did a dumb thing, but boy, that wasn't a match penalty. Not in my opinion. It wasn't. Uh, it, it- Certainly could have been called a major. Uh, I don't think it deserved to be a match penalty. I think the league got it right the next day. A learning experience for Kirill, uh, but this is not an isolated situation. You know, Drew Doughty has gone after him from day one. And the only frustration I had with the coverage on ESPN Plus that night was they were, they refused to show the eight or ten seconds that led up to what he did. And I'm not justifying what Kaprizov did because that could have been a whole lot more dangerous than it was. But before that happened, you talk about cross-checks. This is behind the net when Kaprizov doesn't have the puck. Dowdy pushes him down, gives him back-to-back cross-checks in the small of the back, and then gives him a little face wash with the glove. Now, again, you're only going to get caught in hockey if you're the guy that retaliates. But my point is, if you're ESPN Plus and you're covering that game, that is a part of the story. That's what led to it. And then Dowdy, of course, taunting him from center ice. Uh, when they come to town, he'll be public enemy number one. Kaprizov is still a player that's learning game by game and the coverage and the amount of extracurricular activity he gets is out of respect for his game, but you cannot retaliate in those situations. You just can't do it. But it was different. Nobody did that to Wayne Gretzky because Dave Semenko was on his wing. The game has changed and the game has changed where the officials have got to do more work because there isn't, there isn't Colt Knorr or Zenon Kanopka or Bush. <laughs> These guys aren't around anymore. Um, Derek Bogard, all of these guys, that's out of hockey. And because it's out of hockey, there's nobody to stand up for these goal scorers. There's just nobody left. And I I remember, and Alex Ovechkin is one of the toughest players in the NHL. And I remember the night he went after Brendan Shanahan in New York. And Colt Knorr finally told him, you go after Shanny one more time, I'm taking your teeth out. (laughs) He went after Shanny one more time and Orr took his teeth out. Yep. Cross-checked him right in the face. So this stuff, they need they, – uh, hockey has taken fighting out of it, I guess for the right reason, but unless the officials do their job, you've created a problem that's completely different, and that is going after the stars. Yeah, you don't want to have those stars having to deal with that because they're the ones that draw the average sports fans to our game. Right. And I think, you know, if, if Marcus Foligno and or Jordan Greenway – 
um, you know, are, are more healthy and, and out there on a regular basis. Maybe that doesn't happen as much. Uh, but you're right. It, it's it's a different game now than it was. But you do see players like Crosby boil over. We saw that just a couple nights ago. Um, they end up having to defend themselves, and you don't want that. You know, you want these guys on the ice. You don't want them in the box. You don't want Kirill Kaprizov spending uh, the rest of the night in the showers and in the locker room. You want him on national TV displaying his skills because I don't care if you're a Wild fan or a hockey fan. When that kid's on the ice, something special is probably going to happen. Well, we don't do this very often, gentlemen, but we, we're going to allow Joe from Fargo. He has a question about the wild coverage. So here we go. Joe from Fargo. Go. Yeah, this is a little off subject, but what's the deal with the blackout in Fargo? And I don't know if it's other places, but like if you don't have uh, any of the cable things, only Hulu, why can't you watch the Minnesota Wild? That's a really, That's a good, really question. good question. Yeah, because you know the other night I have a subscription to ESPN Plus because of my fantasy so do golf. I. Yeah, and so and I had so to do I had I. to download that to watch the game. I couldn't watch it on any other platform. I know that when it's on Valley Sports North, there are a couple of different ways to to watch it. Now there's going to be a streaming ser- service that we're going to start where if you're just a wild fan and don't want to watch all the other programming, there's an option there for you at ValleySportsNorth.com. But you're right when. When they're out west and they're on these nationally televised games, outside of last night when it's on TNT, I don't understand these blackout rules at all, guys. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Like, I all I have is Hulu, and I get uh, every hockey game in the world, but I don't get uh, the Minnesota Wild, my you know our hometown hockey. It's cr- it's crazy. Well, and a sports, lot of my yeah. buddies have it too, and they all talk about this. You gotta go download this weird VPN thing and pretend you're Canadian. All this like. Oh, you know, I can but, help you with that. <laughs> it's, just, it's so it's so tough to watch the wild, and it's crazy that. Yeah. Uh, so my wife doesn't want me to pay for cable, but yeah, uh-huh. I almost have to go back to that. Hey, Joe, thanks for the thanks for the call. Uh, one thing about uh, one thing about Kevin, he can't make that all work, but he, the Valley Sports North streaming, which he shared, that's a good thing moving forward. So more opportunities at least. Uh, and Joe, thanks for listening. We do we do appreciate that as well. But uh, a little change of subject in the last three minutes here. We got St. Thomas University. Of St. Thomas has come a long way. Any updates now on their rink situation? I'm sure you're pretty aware of what's going on, right? Yeah, they finally announced that that is going to happen. Uh, construction is yet to to start, but there is a location on campus right now. Currently, it's where the baseball team plays. They're going to move softball and baseball over to. If you're a local, you'd know where this is, but there's an old Ford plant, uh, but a mile and a half from St. Thomas off a street called Ford Parkway. That's where baseball and softball are going to be moved to. The rink is going to be on campus, right next to a bulk of the dorms. So I think that's really going to help. Uh, number one, <laughs> recruiting, because you're going to have a building that's going to seat between six and, and 10,000 fans. It's going to be state-of-the-art. They have the advantage of now building this rink uh, after seeing everybody else do it. So it's going to be fantastic. It's probably two years away, and I think it coincides with St. Thomas having to wait five years to be NCAA qualified to play in the tournament. So it's all going to kind of come together here. My guess would be by the year 2025. Well, I guess Scott doesn't have a question, but I, you know, I, I... It's so great. Oh, I got, I got, yeah. I, I got a question about horse racing. How'd you do in the Breeders' Cup? Oh, there we go. You know, the Breeders' Cup was fantastic. We got to see the greatest horse of our generation run, which is Flightline. Um, he's, you know, for all of us that didn't get to watch Secretariat, I was too young back in the early 70s. He's the closest thing anyone's seen to that. He won the Classic. I made a little money. Uh, I had a horse uh, that I talked about with Paul Allen on KFAN uh, 
in the Twin Cities here called Cheryl Spite, who was 55 to 1 and didn't win, but ran second. And I caught the exact. And when you get a 55 to 1 in the exact, you do okay there. Kind of carried my weekend, to be honest. It wow. was that kind of hit. And uh, so we had some fun. But truthfully, as a, as a fan of the game, uh, seeing a horse like Flightline, watching the, the Breeders' Cup Classic in prime time on national television for a game and horse racing that's certainly far off the radar for most sports fans for at least a couple hours. It was front and center, and it was spectacular. Tell you what, you got, if you tune in, by the way, this is game on hockey, and this is, it could be game on horse racing. Maybe we could do a little little trifecta sure and get the two of you guys working together. We could maybe do a show in the summertime, but uh, I'm on a golf course at that time of the year, so not at the horse <laughs> track. But I might follow you and, and follow some of, your, uh, some of your guys' betting habits. Hey, Kevin, thanks so much for being on board. We really do appreciate it. Uh, some of the technical issues, so big deal. It worked out great, but uh, again, love having your your your, your just... You know the game as well as anybody, and it's sure great watching it each and every week on Valley Sports North. Well, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I'm jealous that you guys will be taking in uh, that great college hockey series uh, up yeah. in Grand Forks this weekend. I'm so happy to hear that Denver's going to get there and get there safely. It is truly one of the greatest rivalries in college hockey, although, as we talked about a couple weeks ago at Mariucci, for me, and I'm yeah. going back to when I was a little kid, and, and North Dakota and Minnesota were playing for the national championship at the Olympia in Detroit. For me, the best rivalry in college hockey will always be Minnesota uh, and North Dakota. And that weekend, it, it reminded us just how special those two programs are when they yeah. get together. Well, I tell you what, I was in Detroit. I was I was heartbroken uh, being a former player. That was a tough one. But luckily, won it the next year. And, uh, you know, yep. again, love your perspective, uh, Kevin. And sure appreciate the horse racing. That's Kevin. We sure appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. I, I, I'll, I'll be calling again soon. You know that, right? I hope so. Thanks, guys. Love being out with you. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. That's Kevin Gorg at Gorgomatic21 if you want to follow him on Twitter. Uh, Horse racing, he does it all. Hey, Scott, you know, it's been another beautiful Thursday night of of hockey conversation, hasn't it? We're done already, aren't we? Yeah, we are done already. Yeah, I wanted wanted to brag about my Malathat. I had a semi-long shot Malathat, and I had a real long shot with Caravelle in in the day of the Classic. And, of course, we all bet Flightline because that was the horse. Um, I bet Elite Power. I had four winners. Wow. Cash, so there, there cash and checks. Problem. Cash and checks. I'll look forward to that. I'll look forward to getting a part of that cut in the mail. Uh, again, thanks to all of our sponsors. Thanks to Gord Tumbleson, Kevin Gore, great guests. Scott Taylor down there in Florida. Enjoy your stay in Florida for however long that will be. Be safe out there wherever you're traveling. Make sure to check the road reports. I-94 is closed from Jamestown to Dickinson. Make sure to stay tuned for Atlanta at Carolina uh, in the National Football League. And, of course, this weekend, Denver. Hopefully, we'll be at the University of North Dakota, me on the uh, color analysis side of the equation. So for Scott Taylor, I'm Travis Dunn. Paulie Lines, we'll see you next Thursday at 530.